Yep. Hello and welcome to the 50th episode of the Two Black Two Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm your host, Chris. And today, uh, we've got a great, uh, another Star Wars episode. Um, the Chris is going to be leading it. He had a great time at the Star Wars Celebration uh, convention. What was that, about a month ago, probably? Yeah, so a little a month and a week ago, yeah. A month and a week ago. So um, we're going to go ahead and talk about that. And uh, Chris, you can go ahead and introduce our uh, guest as well. Yeah, so we're here to talk a little bit about uh, Celebration and the Kenobi show and uh, who else would I bring along except like the biggest Kenobi fan I, I know, uh, Luke of the Pod Ones podcast. How's it going, Luke? Hey, thanks guys for having me on. Uh, I've been this is one of the podcasts I've been like itching to get on because you know everybody's been on it. Like Chaco's been on it. <laughs> everybody's been on it, and I haven't been on it. And I'm like getting that itch. Uh, <laughs> and what better what better way than uh, to be on for Kenobi? So I thank you guys. Well, you're the first one of the Pod Ones podcast trio to to be on it, so you got that to hold over the other two. Yeah, obviously you gotta we gotta keep we gotta keep those uh, two humble. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so Luke, uh, let the people know uh, what kind of content you make and where they can find you. Um, I mostly do funny videos. I do rankings of Star Wars, but sometimes I will hit you with the hard hitting facts uh, if I if I deem it necessary. Um, you can find uh, our podcast um, wherever pods or casts, as Camilla or Bariqua Wookie would say. Um, uh, you can also find us live every Thursday night on YouTube uh, at the Pod Ones Podcast, TikTok Pod Ones Podcast, Twitter Pod Ones Podcast, and Instagram at the Pod Ones Pod. That's pretty much where you can find all of our content. All right, so we're we're gonna we're gonna. Get right into it. So let, let's talk celebration. Uh, this was a little bit of a weird one because with with COVID and everything, we it got delayed uh, from from 2020. I don't even think they tried to do it in 2021. Nope. And so then uh, originally they slotted it for August of 2022, which I was going to be happy about because they were doing it my birthday weekend. And like that would have been perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but then they moved it to May, and at least for the first three months of this year, we're like, okay, when are they going to announce tickets? Yeah. When are they going to announce tickets? Yeah. And then they uh, put tickets on sale in March. There were about like 12 of us in a Discord call, uh, <laughs> all hoping to yep. get tickets. And at this point, we've done it twice because we've already got tickets for next year's. Yes. Yeah. So it was just basically us just like on a whole bunch of other people just like, uh hey everybody say cheese we all like had our lightsabers or like our action figures so um but yeah it was a fun experience like uh the first go around us getting tickets it's just like oh shit are we gonna get to how this is gonna go and both times luckily for both of us it went smoothly we didn't Mm -hmm. have any issues like it was it was all conky dory a lot there were some in, in our group that didn't get tickets right away but they ended up getting four days or, or four in individual day tickets. So, um, but yeah, I if, if you're a Star Wars fan, I would definitely say Star Wars Celebration, going to Star Wars Celebration should be on your uh, top list, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't know about you, Luke, but I had probably across uh, my four devices, let's see, I had my, my work 
computer. I had my uh, personal laptop, my iPad, my phone. And then uh, I had like two browsers on my laptop. Uh, I was using browsers on my phone and then also Discord when you open it up. So, yeah, I was just maximizing yeah. my chances. No, yeah, I, I had I had three. I had my work computer, my work laptop. I know nobody's going to listen to it from work, so we're all good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> had my work laptop going for both times. I got my my uh, laptop here and then also my phone. So I had three going at once. But funny part about it is is that I got in both times with my work computer. Mm. So hey, might as well uh, might as well keep uh, keep keep it going, man. I think it was my phone uh, the first time and my laptop the second time. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Chris, are you going to go to a celebration? Are we going to see you in person sometime? Uh, me, you know, I actually, you know, I <laughs> I actually think I'd want to. I actually want to go next year. You know, I feel like I need to uh brush up on a little bit more Star Wars and then I'll be ready. I can tag along with all the uh TikTok people, you know, that I've met. <laughs> over see, the what I, year, you know. It's in London. It so is if London. If you want to make that Ooh. that I, you know, I would actually wouldn't. I've never been to London. I've been to France and Italy, but not London. So I would actually, I wouldn't mind making a trip out of that. Actually, no, yeah, there's a lot of us, and it, you don't need to brush up on anything Star Wars, man. You can come in, in as you are. We can just like we can make you a sponge. We can we can we can mold you. Oh, It'd be man. so much fun. We got you. In what way? <laughs> I mean, you know, if it's you if you if you have see something and you have questions, you're gonna have like 50 different people to ask a exactly. question to, and yeah. you're gonna and you get might, the answer. And you might not get the same answer though. Because people also look true. at you look at it from a different perspective. And I think that's what's so amazing about this fandom is that yes, there's a lot of negativity, but I feel like that is like the small minority. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, was it the week after celebration that Moses Ingram got all that hate? Uh, yes. Okay, so like celebration happened, right? And she saw what what is real, right? And then she got all that hate. That's not star. I'm sorry, but that's not the people that she saw at that at that, at that convention. Mm-mm. Like people are just assholes to be assholes. And they real. do it behind a screen or yeah, behind a yeah, keyboard. Yeah, they wouldn't have gone up to Moses and said all these derogatory things. It's people uh, thinking being really, really big man when they when they're behind a screen. But if they if you confront them face to face, game over. Yeah. Game over. So I know Luke, I think you were in the galaxy stage for the Kenobi premiere. Yeah. I my brother and I were on the celebration stage, and Luke, you left after the first episode right yeah so the way i the funny story I actually got in so we were uh dark chaco was on a podcast uh during celebration so we were hanging out there and then one of our tiktok friends uh code fulcrum uh or nick uh put in the discord server hey i got an extra wristband for the premiere tonight and everybody was like pinging me and i was looking at my phone i was like where <laughs> so he was like meet me in front of like the, the 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 food trucks but there were two food trucks at different locations mm-hmm. so i i sprinted out of there and this is at the same time that ewan and hayden were on the uh the uh, stage uh, for the live stage so everybody thought i was running towards you and hayden nah i was running to get that wristband so i ran down 
I went across. So he was actually talking about, so as you come through, as you go through the doors, uh, there's the fountain and then there's, there's food trucks that go down for a couple of blocks. That's where he was. I ran the opposite direction and I couldn't find him. Ended up running all the way back, meeting up with Andrew Demolata, who is in uh, the uh, Schmodown. Uh, he does trivia and stuff like that. So met up with him. And then I got the wristband, and uh, I got to see the first episode earlier than, uh, same as Chris, uh, earlier than everybody else, which meant a lot to me because being an, being an Obi-Wan Vader fan, Anakin fan, um, seeing that early just meant a whole lot to me as a fan. So in a that atmosphere was wild. Was watching say, it, what was it like watching it with a crowd? It it was uh so one of the things that they did beforehand, like before any any panel in any of the rooms, whether it was a celebration stage, uh where the event was actually happening and the galaxy and twin sun stage where they're streaming it, but you're still yeah. in a room with a crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh they would do things like dance parties, giveaways, trivias, <laughs> things like that. I may or may not have ended up on the big screen for the dance part in my Lando cosplay. <laughs> um, but it was just such a wild and positive atmosphere. And that was even so something that you uh, didn't get to see because you you uh, left before the second episode was afterwards. They brought out the cast on stage, you know, uh, you and Hayden. But they also brought out... Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Moses Ingram, Jimmy Smith, Vivian Blair. I can't remember the actress that plays um, uh, Queen Brea. Uh, Stella, Stila, I can't remember her last name, but I think it's Stila. I think her first name is Stila. Yeah, so they brought all of them on stage. And the and so that obviously this is after the first two episodes. The crowd was wild. You know, everybody was cheering. And I think the loudest cheer actually came for Vivian Blair, who played young Leia. Um, and then, you know, we go, uh, I don't know if it was later that night or the next day you see videos online criticizing her for being a kid. And it's like, do you not have, when was the last time you spent time with it with a kid? Because kids act like she does. Yeah. And it was the whole of, we're not going to do what the previous generation did to jake lloyd yeah yeah no it's it, it, it there's there's no room for a uh a d-bag going out and saying oh i just wanted to elbow her. Uh, i just wanted to punch her in the face just like wanda's kids like what why what makes you think what makes you go oh that's something good to say like think about it if i were i would and this is what i do when i do content i'm like would my parents be proud of me if they saw that. That's the thing that I think of the most. Yeah. Because because I mean, you're not only representing yourself, you're representing your family, your friends. You don't want to make yourself look like an ass. And mm-hmm. some of these people just don't care. And and, and, and we didn't they, stand for that. Yeah, and and so the, and I think for a lot of I think that was on uh Saturday like yes. if I was just scrolling on my for you page on TikTok, it was just different people from our community and outside our community just bashing the guy that was saying that because yeah. again, we're not going to do what we did to Jake Lloyd. Well, not we, but you know, because we were also Jake Lloyd's age, but yep. you know, the the older generation what they did to him, and so then you 
get with Moses Ingram, who got racist attacks for literally just existing. Uh, yeah. And it, it's the John Boyega, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, Daisy Ridley treatment all over again, where they're attacking people for just existing not being a white man. Exactly. Yeah. And, and my whole thing is, in me being a white male, it's hard to like really say anything. Because it's like I want I want representation across the board. We're talking about a galaxy that has over millions and millions of beings. Every single race and every single ethnicity should be allowed should be represented. That's Star Wars. We like we're trying to be inclusive. It doesn't need to be, oh, you have to be a certain skin color or have to be a certain that's what I don't want in Star Wars. I don't want. A, I already have too many characters that look like me. Like let's 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 branch out. Let's 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 make it interesting, okay? And it's it's sad that people are like, oh, it, like they try to back away, and they're like, oh, it's not because of their skin color. But then it's like, okay, give me a reason of why you hate her, and they can't give you one. Or they describe Anakin. Yeah, like what are you like? Are you gonna get mad because Reva is being? And the funny part about it is that they would say these things without having watched the entire series. Like, hey, her character arc throughout all six episodes was great. Just give it a chance. Let let it play out, and then make your criticisms. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they were jumping the gun on a character that they didn't even know. Yep. And as a result of so, so there was an article that came out, I think, two weeks before the show that said that Lucasfilm executives or Disney executives told Moses Ingram to prepare for the racism that was going to come her way. And of course, the fandom menace took that as like, oh, they're calling their fans racist or oh, they're trying to fall back on this before the show comes out because they know it's bad. And then Moses Ingram posted on Instagram. the dm she was receiving yeah and then star wars tweeted out the star wars twitter account i'm gonna read it uh we are proud to welcome moses ingram to the star wars family and excited for reva's story to unfold if anyone intends to make her feel in any way unwelcome we have only one thing to say we resist there are more than 20 million sentient species in the star wars galaxy don't choose to be a racist and Hit dogs will holler because a whole bunch of people got in their feelings saying, oh, Star Wars, Star Wars is calling us racist if we don't like Revo or if we don't like the Kenobi show. And it's like, no, they're not. They're saying if you're being racist, don't be like that, that. That's all. But you're telling on yourselves by getting mad at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't just just hey, we call it as it is. They're calling you out. If you're gonna act that way, then you did. If you fit, if you if the shoe fits, then yeah, I was gonna say the there shoe you fits, go. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you can't you can't tell me that all these people don't have an agenda, and that's the one thing I absolutely hate is that they're like Disney's just trying to uh, to check off each box. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, don't don't tell me that. Uh, Moses Ingram wouldn't have played it just it's so weird to me to hear that you know what I mean they're just just trying to 
uh, justify it's the, narrative. the world getting bigger when they like it small and just sur- centered around them. No, yeah, I just don't, I don't get it. But so yeah, so that was happening. But most of that was happening online while we were at celebration. Yes. Um, and you know, like there were a lot of great panels. Uh, meeting everybody in person from TikTok uh, yep. was was a, a wild experience. Uh, cool. Like, hey, you you exist below your shoulders. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're a whole person. Yeah. And yes. Then, yes. Uh, you're <laughs> that, taller than I thought. You're a lot shorter. Shorter than I thought. thought. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a ton of um, that. And you know, people pour such love into. The cosplays that you see there yes. and there's some just amazing cosplayers out there um and it, it's it's truly a, a, an experience so this was my second time but this was my first time and really my first con really as a cosplayer um so and that's a totally different experience from just being uh an an, uh, an attendee yeah um, absolutely and yeah. also, I think now being more involved than I was five years ago, being able to interact with like the authors for going into signings or going to their different panels. Um, because Chris, you know, we had DJ all on the show, but I actually got to meet him in person. Um, I met Adam, awesome. uh, who was on our last podcast in, in person. Um, and a few other authors, and and that's just one of the fun things about it. They were really accessible, um, which I think, which was a surprise to them because some of them, when they were like people were rushing up to like meet them, they're like, oh, "Really?" So, so we're just gonna let that happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was fun. Um, I mean, this was my first con, period. Really? So I hadn't, I hadn't even gone to a con, and I ended up cosplaying two days. Um, I cosplayed that Friday and that Saturday. I did uh, Kenobi. I did the Kenobi show Obi Wan. Um, I, that was more or less last minute, which was it looked. I think it turned out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan, and my co-host Char did Revenge of the Sith uh, Anakin. Um, so those were the two days, and and, and you're absolutely right, Chris. Just having people come up and say like, "Oh, I love your cosplay," or "Love what you're doing," "Love your content." It was just, it was surreal, very surreal. Yeah, I'm not used to being like, "You're Star Wars lawyer." Nope, not used to that. Nope. Maybe no. I'll be used to that next year, but I doubt it. Uh, no, I don't think you ever really like. Get used I'm a to person, it. and my name is Anakin. Anakin. <laughs> it. I don't like sand. It gets. It's coarse. It's rough, and it gets everywhere. Yeah. Um. But I, it was a truly wonderful experience, and I look forward to next year um, yeah. being in, in different cosplays but uh, and in a different country on a different continent. Yeah, meeting like, up with the... I was going to say, it sounds like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to I wanna go next year for sure. Because I, uh, I, it's interesting you say you haven't been to a con because I've been going to conventions like since I was 16, and I'm 28 okay. in a few days, so... Uh, well, happy birthday. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've done comic conventions and anime conventions, you know. Oh, okay. So, I haven't. See, I'm, I'm experienced with, like, the, the convention culture. So it's just interesting okay. hearing about, like, 
you know, what the Star Wars one is like, especially because, I mean, is it the only Star Wars convention or is it just the biggest? No, it's the only one. It's the only one. It's the only one. I mean, they'll do San Diego Comic-Con. They haven't done it in a really long time Mm -hmm. since they brought back Celebration. But now with Disney Plus and and all of their stuff that they're going to just have content constantly coming out every year. Um, it used to be every two years. The convention mm-hmm. used to be every two years. So it would let them build up to the next movie or the next big event that they were holding. Yeah. Um, but now with Disney Plus, that's a game changer. They're having stuff come out every six months now. Because, um, I mean, we just had uh, Kenobi end two weeks ago. And we've got... Um, and or right down the pipeline. And after yeah. that, Bad Batch comes out in between and or uh, well, congruently. Um, yeah. So it's just going to be interesting to see how they how they do all of this because there's going to be a ton of content, man. To get into mm-hmm. Star Wars, to, getting into Star Wars now is like perfect. Like mm-hmm. If you want a deep dive, do it now because it's it, it, there's no better way of doing it. Yep. Yeah, and it is nice that there's just, I mean, with the Disney Plus app, there's just so much content that's there. You know, yep. that you can just kind of run through, right? You probably, most people would probably, you start off with all the movies and then you'd go into mm-hmm. the shows and then the yeah. animated shows and the novels and you can just, you know, go as far as you want. So, yeah, I would definitely, I mean, yeah, with Star Wars and Marvel too, I mean, they, they're trying, I think they're trying their best to make, you know, the, you know, those franchises as accessible as possible just because they are, you know, so massive. Yeah, and they, that's where they make most of their money. I mean, shit, if you think about it. The Force Awakens, what was the final tally? Because they had bought in Lucasfilm for $4 billion, and they ended yeah. up making it back with that one movie. So I so think everything like $1.3 billion. I thought it was more than that, Chris. Uh, no, because... Not just it... box office, like toys and everything. Oh, I don't know toys. Well, I... They made all of it back with that one movie. Lucasfilm makes billions on toys. Yeah, so re- like pretty they, regularly. So. so they literally everything from from after the Force Awakens on has just been extra. That's literally been pocket, not pocket change. It's just extra cash. So I mean, Star Wars. Hey, I I'm telling you right now, when people say, "Oh, I wish George still had it," I guarantee you, we wouldn't have season seven of the Clone Wars. We wouldn't have gotten Rebels. We wouldn't have gotten Obi-Wan Kenobi. I can t- damn near tell you that. I uh, we wouldn't have gotten Andor. We would have got Season 7 of Clone Wars in a full Season 6 because that was already in production. It was just the purchase that yeah. kicked that off because it was on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It, it may not have been as grand. No, it wouldn't have. Yeah, it wouldn't have. No, it wouldn't have been as grand. I, I would agree with that. But I like... You wouldn't have gotten a new trilogy, which some people would argue that that's the way it should have been. But I'm not one of those people. Uh, like, it's just why, why? If you love this fandom so much, you sure have a lot to complain about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if I love something so much, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like... Or just talk about the things you do like. Yeah, yeah. Why do we have to talk about all the negative stuff? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but Chris, being kind of like the outside looking in, like, what are your takes on like the Star Wars fandom? Uh oh, the Star Wars fandom. I mean, 
I mean, I well, since I'm I'm pretty involved with like Marvel and DC, and I'm in anime too, so I see a lot of the anime fandoms. And I mean, my thing with Star Wars fandoms, I just feel like it's going through sort of a lot of the same things that you see with a lot of, especially like large, long-standing fandoms. Is that that you know you have there there you have like people you know the audiences that are like people of color, queer people, and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. most of the time we've been like supporting these fandoms financially, you know, for decades, right? Exactly. There's always yeah. been black Star Wars fans, always been black Marvel fans, there's always been black anime fans, etc. And I think now that, you know, we're becoming more visible, both, you know, on and off camera, you have like, mm. you know, a group of people that they feel like that, you know, their needs have been catered to their entire existence and they don't like that things are, you know, changing in that way because you know it's interesting exactly. so i went to a convention like a month ago there was an anime convention and there was a um there was a black voice actor there and you know one thing that's happened is that in a lot of anime shows like there were no black voice actors like period really because there was like this idea that like well these characters in anime they're either asian or they're white so you can't have a black that's you know true. why would you know you doesn't you, they don't need to be there but the fact is that if mm-hmm. someone's a good voice actor they could literally voice any character of color on top of that there are so many shows where you got robots and aliens and cre- mythological creatures and whatnot yeah. so it's like there's obviously opportunities there so now you know you're seeing more like black act- black voice actors being cast you know in these roles and you've got people in anime fandoms freaking out and be like oh well this person this this character is not black then why are they voicing them and whatnot so you know i guess i guess i guess my point is like when i look at star wars i see a lot of i feel like it's just like we're just have there's just like this time like in fandom you know, no matter where you look. So I don't think it's purely a Star Wars problem, but I definitely think that in a lot of longstanding communities, you're seeing the same thing. I mean, Marvel's got like Ms. Marvel going on right now. And that show is, yeah. you know, I mean, right now it's it's weird because it's like the least watched Disney Marvel Disney Plus show, but the highest rated. So the people so, who actually watch it yeah. like it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's also the show that is getting the most uh, viewership from non-white viewers exactly exactly well and and also i don't think it's fair to say that it's the least viewed because it was also going up against obi-wan kenobi which was one of the best disney plus shows ever like why would you do that i don't understand move kenobi went to uh friday i i don't understand why they're insisting on their shows premiering on the same days i don't know either because at that point, you then get to dominate the conversation on two different days and all exactly. those subsequent days as people are reacting and pulling out Easter eggs and everything like that. It's gonna be it's gonna be nuts though, Chris, because either Bad Batch or Andor is gonna have to move to Friday. Because there ain't no way you're gonna have two people, two uh, you're gonna have people staying up till six a.m. watching and reacting to both shows. Nope, like that's not that's not happening. Um, but Chris, what would you say anime wise? This is a general question. General question: What would you say? Which fandom is most like the Star Wars fandom? I will, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what my my guess you have an is. Answer? Okay, yeah. Dragon I mean, Ball. Dragon Ball. You really? You think mm. it's Dragon Ball? Mm. Mm. <laughs> because it's because mm. if you think, well, well, okay. So, uh, Star mm. Wars came out in seventy seven. When did Dragon Ball start? Dragon Ball started in the, the 80s? late 80s. 84, I want to say the Dragon Ball 84 to eighty six. Yeah. Really? Like that. Okay, I that's the say. only reason. That's the only reason why I say that anime because it is a little older mm-hmm. so you have 
do you do have that three generation? You think about mm. it. You have Dragon Ball, which is the original trilogy. You have Dragon Ball Z, that's the prequel trilogy. And then you have like the 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 super now, which is like the sequels. I, I will say the only thing that is different is there are a bunch of Dragon Ball Z fans that have never seen Dragon Ball. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That that is the only thing to do. But like so from like the sort of toxicity standpoint and everything, yeah, I can see it. Mostly not really internally, but externally. Yeah. Like the other people, like the Goku versus Goku can beat anyone in anime, kind uh, of like yeah, those yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and they don't really attack Akira Toriyama like people attack George Lucas. But yeah, yeah like when they're attacking people from other anime fandoms, fandoms oh god, yeah, yeah definitely. And I mean, there are definitely people where it's like Dragon Ball is the only anime <laughs> they've ever seen and ever watched. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, like, yeah, cause the, yeah, I will agree that like when it comes to the battling and the and the it's, it's the culture around like I don't know if, what what Chris what what would you call it like my character can beat your character like culture and like the versus it's versus battles. culture and yeah. it's like um, you know I people don't want to accept that a <laughs> Sailor Moon can probably be Goku you know just because like yeah it's just it's you know yeah I I. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like with the Dragon Ball fandom, I think one of the biggest things with them is that, like, they're almost never... The Dragon Ball fandom is never happy. I think, like, <laughs> like it's like when yeah. things are announced, it's all things are, things get overhyped, people watch it, and then it's like a couple months later, folks hate stuff. And, like, uh, I mean, I don't want to go into spoilers, but uh, I got spoiled in the new movie, Chris, and they finally... Uh, yeah, so did I. I all I'll say is that uh, you know, people complain right about Gohan not doing a lot, and then you know, in the new movie, Gohan does, does stuff, more. and people still aren't happy. Like they literally made a movie where they gave people what they wanted, which is, hey, Star I want Wars Gohan fandom. to be the star of the show. And people Star Wars fandom, and people are like, oh, that's so terrible. Where was Vegeta? Oh. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah, so I yeah, I mean as far as long-standing franchises, I definitely I definitely see what you mean. No, that I just look at it because it's like it's it goes through three gen, three three or four more generations. And that's what I that's what I consider it's like that's what I would look at if I had to look at an anime that was like and you and you could almost say this for Naruto as well. Um that's also another franchise that you can kind of give it original trilogy prequel trilogy and then the sequel trilogy for sure um it's interesting um but those are like that one piece are like the only animes i'm not huge in anime but i'm into like the things that i grew up as as a kid so like that's that's my anime knowledge like it's not very high (laughs) but like i know enough to like keep a conversation yeah, and I, it's just it's just one of those things where uh, Chris in an article is saying, you know, like, oh, we need to stop ignoring the fandom menace. It's like we could have told you that a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, we've been we've been in the fight since we were six years old. You know? <laughs> Cassie Andor. It, it's just it's just the fact that people for the longest time were like, oh, if you ignore them, they'll go away. But it didn't because nope. what happened was they found an echo chamber and then they were able to monetize their hatred. Yes. Uh, one of the things when I was one of the people that got 
not upset, but were against Disney's anti-racism tweet or Star Wars anti-racism tweet was Andy Signor, the guy that used to was on the head of Screen Junkies. Chris, you remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he was just like, well, now with this, you're just going to create like a thousand more videos that will feed into the hatred. And I'm like, and you should just ignore More him. That? No, I was like, they don't need any help monetizing their hatred. Her literal existence is doing that for them. Yeah, yeah. When you have when you have geeks and gamers putting her head on on top of uh, Bobby Lashley Lashley's body, mm-hmm. like what the fuck are we doing here? Tell me you're a racist without. T- tell me that you're a racist without telling me you're a racist. I'll go first. No, like, but they're not racist. They have a black friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, one black person. Oh, they love our content. Shut the fuck up. Shut the I, I hate people like that. I just can't stand it. Can't stand them. Don't stop hiding behind a goddamn screen and, and tell me who you really are. You know, at least I know it. And I think I mean, it is nice that these companies are finally starting to stand up for their talent as well. Because, uh, you know, Chris, for his podcast, I sent you I was listening to this interview with uh, Candace Patton. She plays uh, mm-hmm. Iris West on the Flash show, which uh, so she's been I mean, essentially, if you're not familiar, she plays a love interest. Of the Flash it was white in the comics. They cast a black woman to play her. And this is a show that came out in 2014. And yep. she talked about how. She got, you know, pretty much, a, she got a ton of hate online when she, you know, for playing that character. And in 2014, there was no support from the CW nope. Network or Warner Brothers at all. And she was talking about, like, she wanted to quit the show in season two. So she's on, I mean, she just signed on, what, Chris, for season nine? Which mm-hmm. I did. I oh, honestly didn't God. think she was going to, which, you know, which is interesting, but... She said that, you know, they're finally at a place where the network is, you know, they're doing something. You know what I mean? Because it was it, like back in the day, she was like, I had no support whatsoever. And it's yeah. sad. And it's sad that that, that 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 has to get to that point. Right. Like they should have stepped in years and years and years ago. And my question is, um, like yourselves being being people of color what is what is the like what does that make you think when you've been harassed you've been you've been called names for years and years and years the company finally takes a stand what is that what is your first reaction to that like i like i i just i don't have any idea because i've never gone through something like that you know what i mean like what would it would it be like oh now you're now you've got my back no for for me it's like i i look at the nearest uh black indigenous person of color and i'm like uh look at us look at us who would have thought we would have been here oh the paul rudd not not me because you know it's like it's one thing when these companies do like after george floyd or or something or you know during black history month or pride month or something like that that say, you know, like that change their profile picture and everything like that. It's like, okay, yeah, that's the corporate, you know, BS just trying to placate the masses. Yeah, yeah, fine. But when their people are getting attacked and they take a stance and it's like, oh, that's nice. Okay, keep going. You know, because we know with Star Wars, uh, they didn't do anything with Ahmed Best. Uh, they didn't do anything with Jake Lloyd. 
They didn't do anything with John Boyega. Uh, I think they did a little something with Kelly Murchard, but that was more the actors than than the actual company. Yeah. Uh, and then the first time Star Wars did something was with Christina Ariel because she was announced to be the head of the High Republic show or the the host of the High Republic show. Yeah. And people were already mad at the High Republic for being quote unquote woke. And then, oh, now the black woman is going to be the face of it. So they attacked her and they came out in support of her. And that was a couple of years ago. So now it's like, okay, you're being consistent. Keep going. And to their credit, the Star Wars Twitter account has taken it to trolls and bigots online. Yes. So, but again, that's not a, their behavior now an indictment on their past behavior because okay. if they're actively working to do better then that's what then you want. see then you see the you see like they're actually trying right okay okay that makes sense because it's like again being a white male don't know i've never been through like it, it's different it's a different life and like i have always wanted to like understand or try to understand like what it's like in like a business standpoint or just being like in life because we, we, our lives aren't, aren't the same. And it's just, ah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's incredible that people are just that, the, like that worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. So, so let, let's, let's move into the Kenobi show itself. So we got, we got six episodes um, we haven't seen Ewan in 17 years, uh, or Hayden in 17 years. Um, it's been 10 years since Revenge of the Sith. Obi-Wan's on Tatooine. He's broken. He's looking over young Luke. Uh, and that's where our show begins. So, uh, what did y'all think of, of the beginning uh, of the show where we find Obi-Wan? <laughs> it's it's so interesting um again watching that from watching that first episode with a live crowd i don't think i'll ever get something that fantastic ever again um the way we get to see obi-wan struggle completely struggle is just a a great job by the writers and a great job directing by deborah chow um and I I loved I loved this entire show. This is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to see Obi-Wan at his lowest on at the lows. Because he is, he's he's lost his friend. He's lost uh his I don't know what you want to call Satine. Not, not a lover, a love, love interest, interest. Love interest. Uh he's lost Padme, who was a really good friend, like a sister fig sister to him. And there's there's not much hope. He's lost his religion. He's lost his brothers. He's lost everything. Everything that he's ever known. And he's got this one mission to look after this child with a family. Well, with Owen, who's not very fond of him to start off. And uh, it's it. That first episode just hits differently, you know, um, that's the way I would explain the first episode, just like it's reintroducing us to the world of star wars and then just it 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 gets the ball going that's what that's what i would say the first episode is 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, for me, since I didn't have like the nostalgic value of like watching pre the prequels when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that it kind of, I enjoyed, I, I feel like it did a good job of like, just, I mean, even at the beginning, just kind of showing you like where he was at and how, you know, you know, it's like kind of like, okay, well, once you pretty much lose everything, it's like, where do you go? And, mm-hmm. you know, it did kind of remind me of like, say, I don't know if you ever watched any like action movie or spy movie where they've got to go get the retired yeah. spy for like one last mission and he's just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm done. You know, that <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what it reminded me of. But, you know, but Star Wars, right? So, you know, yeah. you got to knock, you know, knock on his door in his little hut. I mean, he's not a hut, but you know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, hey, we need you for one last mission. You're the only one that can do it. So, yeah, I mean, from the premiere, I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, it just... Like the humor, like the Jawa coming in, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Tika, if you're gonna at least steal from me, would you at least make it look convincing?" And it's just like little moments, and like the moment where Bale and Bray, where where Leia gets captured. And me and Chris had a long, <laughs> extensive talk about this part, <laughs> and I was like, "I understand why that why people don't like it, but I also understand why it works." You have to remember, Leia Organa is the daughter of Anakin Skywalker, who is the chosen one. He is very well forced. His family lineage is passed down, and those two kids are probably one of the most Force-sensitive children in the entire galaxy. So her running away from the two guys, yes. Was it goofy? Absolutely. But, like, have, have I mean, Chris made this point. Have you ever tried to chase after your niece or nephew or little cousin and they outrun you? Or they just are able to get through places, like it's it's believable. Yes, yeah. does it look wonky? Absolutely, but that's that's the point. That's and the she point also that. knows that area, and exactly. we we're never told that these bounty hunters are like the cream of the crop. They seem yeah. kind of like wonky, right? And it's not like Reva could hire the best of the best because that would attract too much attention. Exactly. You know, if Boba Fett just shows up to Alderaan and kidnaps Leia. One that just that asks a whole bunch of questions, but two, it's just <laughs> like, uh, all right, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, but yeah, so you know, uh, she's running and she goes through the forest or the woods or whatever, and I'm just like, all these people, I'm like, have, and I had to preface this. I was like, have y'all ever chased after your own child? Your niece or nephew? Have you ever been a camp counselor? Because I had to make those specifics because I can't just go out on the internet and say, "Have you ever chased after a kid?" Because that just yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. I mean, you gotta get some context for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> like I know, you know, I have four nieces running. Well, only three can can run because you know one's a baby. But you know, chasing after at least the two little ones that 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 ain't an easy that ain't an easy feat if they get a jump on you. <laughs> No, no. And it's people and people want to complain to complain, like not to get too far ahead, but like literally after the third episode, people are just like, oh, I wanted I I wanted a show of Anakin and Obi-Wan. We were promised that. No, you weren't promised that at all. All you were promised was the rematch of the century between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we specifically say it's Obi-Wan Kenobi's show. Mm-hmm. And so 
No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. And and you see, they you know people wanted to say like, oh well, Hayden and Ewan, they just they just trotted them out for the the press tour, but we're not going to get them. Like you're saying this after three a- a- episodes out of six, but also Moses Ingram was a part of those press tours <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. You just didn't care. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't give a shit. And it's. It's media literacy. It, this a whole thing, this Obi-Wan Kenobi controversy all comes down to media literacy. Mm-hmm. Do you watch enough TV? Do you watch enough shows? Do you read enough books? Do you know how stories work? Because, yes, Star Wars has vroom, vroom, and big explosions and everything. But this, I feel like, and correct, correct me if you guys don't agree with me, this show makes you think after every, every episode that you watch. What did I just watch? I have you have to digest it. You have to think about what you just saw. At least from at least from what I understand from when I'm watching watching it, I'm like it's not like I just got done watching Mando. Mm-hmm. You know, it's giving you a story point, and then you have to digest and wait for it for the next week. And that's the other thing. Netflix Netflix's format has worked so well, and we've been so used to getting everything at once. That I think getting them a week, once a week, is is I, I personally love it because it gives me everything. And as content creators, we love it because it gives us something to talk about for an entire week. You know, whereas if you get it all at once, then how are you supposed to space space out that content? Yeah, and it gets lost. You know, man. yeah. So and it's Star Wars. Star Wars has never been like give me everything at once. It's always been week to week. So I don't understand why people are so surprised about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fan expectation was really what it has been wild for pretty much all the Star Wars shows post uh Mandalorian season one, once people like when leaks were having like, oh, Ahsoka's gonna show up in season two, uh, or Bo Katan. Uh so it, people have been really cameo specific post Mando season one or post Infinity War with the Marvel yeah. fandom oh. uh, and that, and that overlap in between um, people just want cameos and everything. And they want the, the ah and ooh moments. And it's just like, you got to have some story to connect the two. I'm yeah. shocked Chris that you didn't blame. Uh, Cause I know you didn't like no way home or didn't like it as much as other people that I saw. I, I forget, I forget what TikToker was, but somebody was like, I feel like no way home has just ruined everything. Because folks wanted, uh, folks want cameos in literally everything they see all the time. You're gonna see a uh, Tobey Maguire <laughs> pop see? up with a lightsaber pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I oh, enjoyed, man. I enjoyed No Way Home for what it was, and like it, it wasn't like something. And you're right, it was for like the fans that were just like, oh, I want cameo, I want these cameos, cameos, but. In in that movie, I think it worked because oh, no, it I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a person that's I, I've watched all the MCU. Am I a diehard fan about it? No. See, like here's the other thing: I have Ragnarok as one of my top three movies in the MCU. Chris absolutely hates that movie. Yeah, we've talked. Which about I think it. it's which is I think is hilarious because he just doesn't like the humor, and that's completely fine. But I also have. Captain America Civil War is my number one favorite movie, MC- MCU movie. Mm. And that's in the middle for me. 
Because it's because in, in my opinion, it does a whole lot. I'm a story guy. I'm I'm if you if the story's compelling and it moves the plot forward and we're not having to do so much, that's where you that's where you get me. Like Civil War, I feel like is a perfect jumping off space to where we are in Infinity War and in Endgame. You know, you have to have Civil War to get to that point. Because if they were all together, it would have game. They, it would have been game over for Thanos. Now nah, they still would have got smacked. <laughs> well, yeah, you, I, you know it's interesting. I feel like Civil Civil War. I mean, that was like the beginning of Phase Three, and I do feel like that that was the beginning of I think when the Marvel movies actually really started to get more diverse. Also, when they really started yeah. to experiment more. Because before yeah. you had like solo movies and team ups, and you know you had Guardians, which was an ensemble movie. But Guardians at that point was kind of like a one off. But like with yeah. Civil War is when you started, you know, you really started to get a like you you had the different heroes fighting, and I remember it was a big deal back then. And Chris, I don't even remember where it's like you had three black superheroes in one movie, which is like not yeah. a thing you had before. That's right. You know, now we take that kind of stuff for granted. But it was like you had Rhodey, Falcon, and Panther all in one film and everybody was like whoa mm-hmm. this is, you know because usually it's like if a black character is in a movie usually they're the sidekick you know i mean you yeah. had some things like blade and stuff like that but like you know that nick was a big fury? deal back then nick fury, would nick fury yeah, 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 yeah. Would, nick, would nick fury be a side character though because i feel like he's very very important no i would have said a- that. no i actually i would i would take that back yeah no nick fury definitely is not a side character but he's like Nick Fury is like the the football coach, you know. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. He gets that's, everybody that's together. He gives a speech, and then you know the kids go out and they win the game. That's you know it's his <laughs> yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's, no, he's in the locker room after the first half after they lose. Samuel L. Jackson just likes being an authoritarian. He 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 loves being Nick Fury, and he's also Mace Windu. So he's been on the Jedi High Council, and he's been on the he's been the head of Shield. So yeah. you know. And I love that he's come out and said, "I'm I would do big blockbuster movies. I don't need an Academy Award." Like yeah. that, I think it's I think it's interesting because he he knows where the money is. I mean, when was the last big blockbuster that won an Academy Award? Like like that got somebody a big Academy Award? You know, that's Black. made of over a billion a a billion dollars. Black Panther, maybe. Maybe yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess I, you, it didn't get a person award. Of like just best best picture and yeah, uh, best picture, best yeah, picture, and then not like and then, and and then stuff like, like that. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, Star Wars hasn't even done that. Yeah, but that's for political reasons. Oh, that's well, true. Ho- Hollywood, well, well, Hollywood, well, Hollywood, political because reasons. because because George Lucas just put the middle finger up and then didn't give a shit. I didn't know that. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I Chris, you would know better. It's something legal. Like he, he, old movies were supposed to be. You were supposed to have the actors and directors at the beginning of the of the movie. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, you know, like how you have the fade in, and it'll be like you know Warner Brothers Pictures presents. Yeah, and then you would have like Tom Cruise, you know, and Hathaway, blah blah blah, all in like you know fading in and out. That's how it was supposed to be done. And Lucas said, you know what? Film crawl. Um, and oh, then yeah. he, he left the Directors Guild, um, which further pissed them off, which is why Steven Spielberg didn't do Return of the Jedi because he was supposed to direct it. Oh, until, yeah, that's right. 
and then the director's guild said no you can't do that now um so just imagine like return of the jedi is a is a solid film but mm -hmm. think about if spielberg would have directed that yeah yeah but but we we've gone off on a tangent yeah, no, no, it's all good. It's uh, all good. yeah but no it, it's good so uh continuing the kenobi so leia's been kidnapped obi-wan's been tasked by bail to bring her back and the interactions between <laughs> leia and, and ben were fantastic they were funny they were heartwarming uh it it it, it paid homage well to uh obi-wan interacting with both anakin and padme uh I just you just got to give it up for Vivian Blair. She did a fantastic job embodying yeah. Carrie Fisher. I think you'll see her. I think you'll see her in season two of of uh, Andor. I think they're gonna have a crossover, and I've been saying this for a while. I think it would be smart to have the Senate get involved with the Inquisitorius and say we don't support this, disband it, or we will. Well, will you see her in in that? Because maybe a mention, maybe a mention of her and Bale's in it, and in it's Bale like Bale's like my daughter got kidnapped. We need to put an end to this Inquisitorius. Like it's yeah. not this is not the right thing to do to for the for the the Empire or whatever. Like because they're putting on a face because you know making doing a rebellion in the backhand. But I could see her. I could see her character being mentioned, or him talking about it in passing, so that that's what connects Kenobi to Andor a little mm bit. Um, but yeah, like I love Dayu. I absolutely mm -hmm. love Dayu. The way they made it look, the music, I was I was all in. And I mean, it's very important uh, to because that's when we get our first showing of Ben using the Force again, mm -hmm. which is very 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 important and then we get Riva obviously trying to become closer to the Grand Inquisitor um, then we get the biggest reveal Obi-Wan finds out Anakin's alive which I abs I, I the, so I didn't get I watched the first episode and then I had to go because we were doing trivia with Dark Chaco and Element 7 for the, the trivia tournament and so I walked in to their Airbnb and I go, y'all motherfuckers don't have any idea. Y'all ain't ready for this show. <laughs> Just that's all I was saying. That's all I was saying. So we went back to the hotel and I watched it with uh, with uh, all of our other friends. Chris was Chris had seen it at that point, so he he was doing his own thing. <laughs> um, but like the second episode, from when he mentions Padme up until the end. Nonstop, nonstop tears. I was crying so much because it's like, again, I have the nostalgia of growing up with the prequels. I've watched the Clone Wars. I know what he's talking about. I know there's certain things that he's hinting at. And like, that's what got me. And then obviously them revealing Hayden as, as uh, in the back tank, lost it, lost it. Couldn't, couldn't comprehend words. Couldn't, couldn't comprehend where I was at that time, but that the way they ended that perfectly, and the way they executed him, Obi Wan finding out it was even more perfect. Mm -hmm. So, 
yeah, during the premiere, that part where, well, first everybody was like, he is? And then the Grand Inquisitor shows up and then she stabs him. And everybody's like, <laughs> wait, does that break canon? <laughs> and then, you know, you see Anakin or Obi-Wan's like, Anakin. And then it gets to him in the back bow, of the tank and everybody bow. just loses it. It was just a very wild three minutes of gasping, screaming, yelling, crying, crying. throwing up. but chris what did you think uh of all that because you don't have uh the clone wars but you do have uh uh, the prequels background yeah i mean i was like all right i mean i just i mean i i i mean yeah so i mean for that i was like oh yeah cool you know darth vader's here he knows it's him (laughs) they're gonna fight at some point that's awesome that's that's it's so different a perspective though and i love i love hearing that because like I love asking people like like even on vacation like even uh during like our third of July celebration, I was talking to people and I was like, What'd you guys think of Obi-Wan? And he'd be like, Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm like, what did you like the most about it? They're like, Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, okay, cool. cool. Like you, it's not that you don't hate it. I'll, I'll ask you more questions later after a couple of more beers and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get this conversation really going. But <laughs> I love that perspective because, and then it's like, you don't have the, Oh, let's deep, deep dive into it. You're just there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's what, I think that's the thing that sometimes us as t- content creators sometimes forget. You are supposed to have a good time yeah. watching these shows. And, and, and I, and I, and I really think that's important. Uh, when you're watching these types of shows and stuff like that, so yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and Chris, you said Vader's here, and yes, he was because in episode <laughs> three, the, the 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 man, the myth, the legend, Darth Vader shows up, and this is the best Vader has ever looked because of uh, the technology, the framing technique, Hayden being in in the suit, and and bringing back that uh, Anakin swagger. Uh, and bo- he was brutal. He was brutal with a capital B. Yeah, Chris, you were on our reaction for that one. No, I wasn't. I was asleep. Oh, oh. yeah, that's right. That's so, right. That's yeah. Right. So I, I was supposed to be on their reaction for that. I set my alarm for, I think, 2.47, I think was the time that I set it for. <laughs> I said to call me. No, no, I said call me at two. No, I said it for 245. And I told them to call me at around 250 so that I would be up. But if I wasn't already at my computer and in the call, that would prompt me to get out of bed. They started calling me at 245. So my alarm (laughs) didn't go off. And so I couldn't hear the phone because it's just buzzing and I'm asleep. So then I wake up. I wake myself up like something's not right. I've been asleep too long. It's 4 (laughs) a.m. Everyone's asleep or everyone's already watched it. So then I get up and watch it and everything like that. But yeah, Vader was pulling people out, choking people, snapping people's necks. And then Uh the first fight between Vader and Obi-Wan, you know, Vader saying, you should have killed me when you had the chance. You are what you what you made me. Just, oh, yeah. I am what you made me. Sorry, I screwed that up. Being Cheerio. a Vader fan and and I screwed that up. Man, take away my card. Shame. 
<laughs> but just hearing the James James Earl Jones and and uh, digitally restored, but still being able to hear that uh, oh, was wild. was fantastic wild that's that's like literally the only thing that i can say about this episode it's it's wild yeah being a fan of vader slash anakin skywalker is it's sometimes you got the assholes that love him because you know they they got to connect to something toxic right um yeah yeah and uh i'm just I, i enjoy his character for what it is it's a talent. He's a he's a tragic. He's a, uh, the the story of Anakin Skywalker is a tragedy, you know. They find him. He has these expectations. He tries to meet these expectations, ultimately fails, and then it does take him a little while. It takes him twenty three years to figure it out, but with the help of his son, he's able to turn back and 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 right some of the wrongs that he had done in that nineteen year span, right? And he he like here is where he's just like i don't care at this point like i just want obi-wan and i'm gonna get him at all cost Mm -hmm. and the way they emphasize that throughout this episode was it's vader on a mission and that he he got that mission he got Mm -hmm. that mission and then we have people complain oh why didn't he finish him up you do realize he's got to make it to a new hope right like you can't just like kill him <laughs> come yeah. on like let's let's there's a little thing called plot armor there <laughs> you can't just kill off obi-wan that doesn't make sense yeah not a middle yeah. type deal that this is yeah and, and it's kind of like they won't apply that same logic to the star wars things that that they love uh yeah. like if you look at you know people are like well why didn't he drag him through the fire and bring him to him and I was like, why didn't Vader bring Luke to him after Empire after he cuts off his hand? Like, yeah. He, why, why didn't he just drag him over there? Well, you know, the Force wasn't as developed at that point. We literally see Yoda lift an X-Wing out of the water. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think I think Vader could handle pulling, a, I don't know, a 180-pound dude like six feet, yeah. you know? Um, and then they're like, oh, well, he should have killed him then. Why didn't Dooku kill Anakin and Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones before Yoda yep. showed up? Like, he exactly. had the time. But, yep. you know, it, it, it's people that want to nitpick, which is just where the fandom's at nowadays as the generations age up. And they're like, yeah, it's not my Star Wars anymore. Cool. It wasn't your Star Wars to begin with, but... Uh, okay. Yeah. We also meet Tala this episode. Great uh, character. Yes. Oh, great character. RIP. Um, yeah. Milfs everywhere. Star Wars does not like milfs. We got to change that. Oh my god. <laughs> no comment. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah, so then uh we go to episode 4 which is uh rescuing Leia from Fortress Inquisitorius. Uh if you've played Jedi Fallen Order, you should recognize the similarities because Cal Kestis had to go get the holocron from yep. Fortress Inquisitories, which is five years before this show. Um, so that was, there were fun nods to fall in order there. Uh, this was seeing Obi-Wan get his groove back yes. um, using his lightsaber, using the force. Um, 
and looking uh, the part yeah as well very important and uh i feel like this was the one like i wasn't as terrified as vader in episode three when he was going through the village but when he was walking in <laughs> to get to reva like that was an angry walk yes. and he just yeets her into the air and i'm just like uh oh boy yeah it, it like so i was i was on a show right and one of the guests called it filler this episode filler and yeah. i and being in this community if you haven't watched Dragon Ball Z where Gohan, Goku and Piccolo literally get their driver's license, you don't understand what filler what is. Mean, yeah, yeah. I, and, it, I mean, the, the base definition of filler is it does not move the plot forward. This moves the plot, plot forward. forward. Exactly. And it... Like when they said that, I was like, "Whoa, wait, 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 hold on, hold on." I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna school you in some media literacy here, real quick. Like exactly what what you said, Chris. I was like, "Okay, so if it's filler, then why did Obi Wan go and save Leia and then get Leia from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. Leia is literally the whole plot. It's literally keeping her safe. So they've got to go rescue her. Like this isn't." This isn't Obi-Wan just going to going back to Tatooine, doing a side quest, and then coming back. Like it that's 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 not what happened. And part four does a whole lot for this show as a whole. It, it's the middle one. Yes, is it slower? Yes. Is it shorter? Yes. But it was it did a lot more impactful stuff than a lot of than I would say, besides episode three, the first two episodes. And and I think that and, and we saw this when criticisms of, of these this show came out or this episode came out where people wanted Obi-Wan in the back of the tank to have flashback live action flashbacks of the Clone Wars. And because they didn't get that, they said this was filler or that they were disappointed or this show broke their heart to quote one specific. Oh, my creator. God. Um. And then you you juxtapose that with the reaction of the next episode, where the episode literally starts with a pre-attack of the clones, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. And they're like, I love this show. This show is great. What a phenomenal episode. And it's just like, if that one thing is the difference between a show breaking your heart and being great, then... Then that's your own expectations that you have to temper. But I'm like, that's a wide gap from there heartbroken is. to say that this is great. That is no, a I wide just, gap for one thing to be able to. I just don't. My whole thing is you can have expectations. I had expectations coming into this show. I got everything I wanted in, in part three. So I'm happy. Everything is 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 a cherry on top, you know. And people need to... Uh, not saying that I have the best way of looking at fandoms, but I t- I like I enjoyed everything that we've got that we got from this show. Would I have done it differently? No, because they did it a lot better than I wanted them to. You know, like I might want something, but if I don't get it, it's not gonna destroy the entire show for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of expectations need to be brought down. Like you can have those expectations. But you need to tamper the hell out of them because 
like if you were expecting an Anakin Obi Wan show, I'm sorry, we have seven seven seasons of the Clone Wars that you can go watch on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna bring them in in Clone Wars armor because I mean, Christopher, you you've 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 never seen the Clone Wars, so you would have looked at that and been like, okay, that's cool. Like that but like, yeah. but like getting that attack of the pre attack of the clones meant a lot more, right? Yeah, because it was something you hadn't seen before. Exactly. Like it's just it it, it they they weren't gonna just bring out use Clone Wars flashbacks because we want it, damn it. No, they're gonna use it if it makes if it move if it helps with the story. And with that episode five, the whole fight was parallel to what was going on in the actual plot. Mm-hmm. And it worked perfectly. So they aren't gonna use flashbacks for willy-nilly reasons. They're gonna use it if it helps the plot. Yeah. Um, and in episode five, we learn more about Reva. Uh, we had our theories about who she was, but yep. you know, she was a youngling uh, that survived that or the yeah. attack on the temple. You know, she got stabbed and she lived, which, you know, considering things that happened to other Star Wars characters and they live, not that big of a deal, but people don't see it that way. No, um, I just it's so funny that. Uh, a certain creator has been wanting this for years and years and years. And after I saw Anakin in the Jedi temple, I was like, Oh my God. Like I, 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 like when I originally saw it, I was like, Holy crap. That was, that was incredible. My mind went to ultimately went to like, Oh dang it. But we, we gave that person what they wanted. All right, I'm gonna just name him Star Wars Theory. So he's 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 the biggest Star Wars YouTuber, like 3.3 million subscribers. He has been saying for like the past few years with the Kenobi show since it's been announced that he wants an Order 66 flashback where Anakin is killing younglings and Padawans and and things like that. I'm like and other Jedi. I'm like, why do you want to see him kill kids? Like, you know, if 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 you want to see Hayden do prequel esque lightsaber combat why wouldn't you want him to fight knights and masters people that actually stand a chance exactly. i don't know why you want to see kids or young teenagers getting murked but that's that's just me i'm a normal person i guess i um, yeah so just like seeing that i was like Ugh. but it wasn't for I, like the sake of it it was part of the plot like like i'm saying these flashbacks help tie things together so i guess i wasn't i was like i could have gone without it but it made sense for what they used it for. Yeah. So then, you know, we see uh, how Reva is connected to all this and she blames Obi-Wan for not saving her or not stopping Anakin. Because she's like, where were you when he was killing all my friends? Um, and her whole purpose of uh, getting Leia and getting Kenobi was so she could get revenge on Vader and Vader said, "Nah, I, I I seen this coming a mile away." What did what did that whole twist do for you, Chris? Um, I mean, for me, I think I think what I think what it did for me is that it kind of is sort of like, it, it, I mean, it sort of gave you really like kind of what the plot of the show was, you know, and kind of really like. It gave everything that you had seen before, like, a purpose, right? Like, why is Reva, like, why is she, because, you know, people are complaining. It's like, 
well, what is the purpose of her in this story, like, period? You know what I mean? And it's to, you know, she's supposed to kind of represent the consequences of, you know, everything that went down in the prequels with Obi-Wan and Anakin. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. That makes sense. So, yeah. See, again, I love that response. Cool. Love it. Well, no, well, yeah, because it, it gives you, it shows you, because it, it shows you what, like, a, you know, quote, unquote, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say, like, a regular person in that universe, but it shows, you know, how their actions affected, you know, outsiders, you know, and individuals yeah. on, like, a smaller scale, on, like, a personal mm-hmm. level. Does that make sense? No, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, it, it, it's just kind of like um, Age of Ultron. When Tony, uh, in the beginning of the movie, meets that one lady, she's like, you killed my son. Civil War, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Civil War. Civil War, sorry. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite one. I can't even get the right <laughs> no one. Worries. No, 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 uh, worries. no worries. No, but, like, it's kind of like that, seeing what everyday, what the actions of everyday, like, what our heroes' actions can do to everyday people, which I feel like is very important in storytelling. Um. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the saber fight, you didn't think I would see, or whatever he says, youngling. He knew not, who she was. Did you not think I would see this coming, youngling? youngling. Oh, my goodness. Just like in that fight, that it, it was so well choreographed as well. I, it just, it was so well done from a story standpoint to the, just, yeah, I... I could gush about that for hours, but I'm going to gush about part six even more. So, yeah. So that, that was the thing that was great uh, about the episode. We saw Vader just be so nonchalant and, and, and <laughs> is, is dispatching her, you know, like, you know, uh, taking her lightsabers and, and using it against her. You know what it reminded me of, Chris? What? The end of Arrow or the mid season finale of Arrow season three. Uh, Oliver versus Rachel Ghoul. Oh yeah, I remember that. Because yeah. he, he pretty much straight up said, "I won't need. You, I'll take your weapons from you when you're done." Fought her and then ended out with a stab that both characters lived through. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty. And also, we can't forget Vader stopping the decoy ship, but stopping the <laughs> yeah. ship. Yeah. Yanking it down and ripping it open. I love that. It's so cool. Oh yeah, that was I. Uh, I absolutely love that. Um, just, just you know, like I, I a little, a little bit of that kind of power fantasy is good. It's that's a yes. good ooh ah moment. Not but like Star Killer when you bring a Star Destroyer down and then yeah. you get called two OP. If you pull too much into it, then, you know, it's not going to be as, as you have to keep trying to beat it every single time. It's the Fast and Furious problem all over again. Yeah. No doubt. But now we get to episode six. Well, at, at first episode five, uh, RIP to Tala, RIP uh, to Ned B. Again. Uh, they were some real ones. Also, in episode four, we get introduced to Broken, who is O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character. Yes, very um, important. And uh, hopefully we'll see more of him, but we'll get into that in episode six, uh, where we get the rematch of the century uh, between Vader and Obi-Wan, Reva versus the Lars in pursuit of Luke, 
and, and the tying of everything together with with some fun things at the end. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go Chris first, then I'll go to you, Luke. So, Chris, what would you think of Vader versus Obi-Wan? Uh, their final battle, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it was epic. I mean, it was pretty much anything you could ask for in a Vader-Obi-Wan fight. You know, it's nice to get, like, I mean, you know, you you get the lightsaber action, you get the force action. I like when he was trapped under the rocks. That was, uh, it, I'm trying to think of what it reminded It reminded me of something like that. Uh, maybe actually, actually, I think, um, I think Dragon Ball, Chris might've done it in the, uh, the Battle of Gods movie when he's fighting Lord Beerus and Lord Beerus mm-hmm. like, puts Goku under some rocks and he like, you know, he has to transform and get out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the final battle. I enjoy, you know, he, you know, Vader gets his face broken and, you know, Obi-Wan doesn't kill him because of plot armor. And I mean, it's, I mean, as far as like a, a Obi-Wan Vader fight is pretty much like. I think the best, you know, you the best we could have gotten. So I didn't have, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Also, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the final, um, the final fight. Oh, the final Pain. under the rocks. Yeah. Pain, yeah. Naruto, and oh, Shippuden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. just seems to be a trope. Don't bury your heroes in rocks. <laughs> yeah. They're no. just gonna get a power up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I. Oh, um, part six. God damn, that that hurt like a motherfucker. If I'm being honest with you, um, the that lightsaber fight was the best lightsaber fight in all the saga, and I can say that with my full chest chest out. Uh, from the choreography to the emotional moments that we got from it. I think it's better than Duel of the Fates. I think it's better than Luke and, and Vader in Return of the Jedi. I think it's better than Battle of the Heroes because of what it does. Like This show single-handedly moved A New Hope two spots in my ranking because you get the, the moment where Obi-Wan is like, I'm sorry, Anakin. I'm sorry. And that ties into Return of the Jedi. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. And then you get the line of, well, then my friend is truly dead. Goodbye, Darth. And then that's the first thing that he says is, eh, you, you, can't, you can't win, Darth, in A New Hope. So it's just those connections to the original trilogy. The, the choreography was something that the prequels would have done, but I think it had more of the weight of, like, the, the you knew the stakes were a little bit higher. We knew both of them were going to survive, obviously, because mm-hmm. of plot armor. But the way they made the stakes very high, it was phenomenal. Um, obviously, Obi-Wan getting his rock uh, on, uh, throwing the rocks at Vader, um, slashing the, the, the helmet, um, all of it being very symbolism. Uh, the, the lighting on Anakin's face when it goes from blue, then back to red, was was fantastic um obviously the aunt brew and uncle owen they put up a hell of a fight in a new hope they didn't just get roasted for nothing that that just proved that they could they could hold down they had to send a whole battalion to take out the lars family let's just be real so that was cool and then owen was like we gotta run and aunt brew said oh nah hell no i'm defending my home bam uh but it it, it was wild and just to see 
how they wrapped it all up. I didn't think that they were going to be able to do it without an hour and hour and 30, mm-hmm. but they did it. They did it with what? 55 minutes. Was it Chris? Yep. 55 minutes. And they were at, they, they got, we got Obi-Wan Anakin. We got Reva's redemption. We got Obi-Wan saying hello there. We got Qui-Gon Jinn at the end being Qui-Gon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. But it's it's it it makes sense because in canon, Obi-Wan wasn't actually able to see or hear Qui-Gon until 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, which is where this show takes place. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense canon-wise of him to see him. But the way <laughs> the way Liam just goes, Well, took you long enough. I'm like, God, that's perfect. That's just perfect the way the way he just says it. It's just mm-hmm. top tier Qui Gon. We get the hello there. We get the comic, the comic book look from 2015. Uh, it, it it does keep it open. It does keep it open for a season two. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I don't want to see him unless it's in Ahsoka, either flashback or as Force Ghost. I I just don't feel like we need to see any more of Obi Wan. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, I would say for for me, uh, the I I did love the fight. I don't know where to rank it. I don't think it's it's the best one in Star Wars. To me, I still that's think that is the Return of the Jedi Luke versus Vader fight. And that's as I've that's said, that's as as I said to you before, Luke. That. If it takes you 45 years of storytelling to reach this impactful of a moment and you can say it's on par with the Return of the Jedi fight, which is three years of or six years of storytelling, I think the six years of storytelling takes it out. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I, I still loved it. Uh, yeah. There are so many great moments. Uh, the parallels between, you know, Obi-Wan taking the left side of the mask and this fight, Ahsoka taking the right side of the mask and Rebels, and then the only one that was able to take off the mask and pull Anakin back was Luke in Return of the Jedi. That symbolism was fantastic. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's like, you, uh, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. Uh, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. And just seeing the look on Ewan's face, you know, just like the tears as he's saying, I'm sorry, Anakin, for all of it. Uh, That was a perfect wrap up for me for their story before they get to uh, meet each other in A New Hope. Um, Reva and her story, you know, trying to kill Luke because that's what she sees as justice. She's so focused on revenge um to to give that up because she sees herself in Luke and saying she does not want to become Vader. I don't see it as redemption, which you know a lot of people are saying, but I think it's like her first step towards it. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm glad that she didn't die or anything, or she's not just automatically on the good side now because we know Star Wars has a has a habit of doing that. But yeah. I am very interested to see where her story continues and her road uh, to redemption with atonement. Um, for me, uh, my favorite anime, my favorite manga is Rurouni Kenshin, which is a story about redemption and atonement. I would love a story like that for her. 
um, that takes place during the rebellion years and after that because the plot of the original trilogy with the timeline now is like another 14, 15 years. Reba's in her early to mid 20s, probably her early 20s. So she can have a very long life if she survives all of the age of rebellion. So we can easily see her again. And with Moses, you could probably have her play the character uh, up until like the character's probably like 40-ish because Black Don't Crack. Because Black Don't Crack. So (laughs) you got got a lot of potential there. Um, I loved how Owen and Baru uh, loved Luke and protected him. Yeah. And he was like, you love the boy like he's your own. He is my own. And comparing that with Leia and Leia wanting to know about her birth parents. But, you know, when Obi-Wan tells her, he's like, I wish I could tell you more. And she looks at Bale and Bray and she's like, no, I'm good. Further reinforcing the point that adopted parents are just as uh, valid, loving and supportive and important as birth parents. Um, And uh, also Leia giving Lola to Obi-Wan. Uh, as a, as a measure of safety and security before the fight was was wonderful. Yep. Um, and of course, yes, seeing Quagon uh, was was great. Uh, I I I I remember. I didn't remember seeing it then because we did. I was on uh, their reaction, uh, but I couldn't. I was just watching the show. I couldn't see the reactions until I went back later and watched it. And his co-host Char like got up from his screen and is like walking in the background with like tears streaming Hold down on. his face when when Quagon showed up. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Star Wars is seeing those emotional tie-ins and reactions from fans when seeing a character they love for the first time in 23 years on the big screen. Well, on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah i'll uh i'll uh yeah that that moment it by far top 10 moment top 10 moment of of the entire uh, the entire show just watching charlie just literally get up out of his seat before he's like he saw the silhouette got up and just was like god mm-hmm. uh but we'll have to show christopher after after we're done recording because it's it is a top five yeah just, yeah, just, yeah just send it to me yeah 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 but uh yeah i i I think this show was great i think it delivered on nearly everything that i wanted or thought it should i i do wish it could have hammered a little bit more on the obi-wan once thought as you did um whether that would have been a mention like padme thought there was still good in you i still do too that's yeah. like literally just that would have would would have would have done it, and then seeing like then doing the Anakin Skywalker, uh, I killed Anakin Skywalker line, like then I would have been yeah. like, all right, that's enough. Um, also, if they had mentioned Padme by name, agreed. Like, yeah, yeah say say yeah. the name. Yeah, agreed. But other than that, I I thought I just you know that doesn't take away from the the show for me. I think that that only would have added to it. Um, yeah. But I still think it did a great job. Give Deborah Chow more Star Wars. Please. Um, Please. Hayden, Hayden and Ewan are always welcome back in my book. So Same. so is so is Liam, as long as he's not going around trying to beat up black people. Uh yes. Oh, yeah. Very important. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so so I I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Um, I'm excited about the future of Star Wars. Same. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying. It. I mean, I yeah, I like I said, I enjoyed the show. Um, my question for you guys is, where do you rank this compared to uh, both seasons of The Mandalorian and Boba Fett? Even though you know they're like different eras. This is your favorite? top tier. Top tier. It's it's hard for me to rank the Mandalorian when that story isn't done. I I I agree, but Chris, we all know what the correct answer is. Well, okay, so like <laughs> I, you, you remember when Brooke made the sound ranking yes. like all the shows, yeah. like the Mandalorian was at the bottom. People were like, "Why?" And I was like, "It's not done yet. How can I rank it as a show when That's all these fair. other shows are done and this one's not?" That's fair. Um, That's but it's, fair. It, it's also hard to judge it when. Kenobi is a limited series and Mandalorian is an episodic narrative structured show. Yeah. So I think you go Book of Boba versus Kenobi, then yeah, it's Kenobi. Um, but I I'm think I'm just biased and I'm going to tell you how it is. It's Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't, I would say I've probably seen Kenobi more and I've been invested more in Kenobi than I was in the Mandalorian. Like, I think I saw every episode of Kenobi at least two times. I yeah. think, yeah, two two or three times for every episode. Because I would also watch it with my parents afterwards. And generally, like, the day of, if my brother was watching it, like, we generally ha take our lunches around the same time if he's not at the office or if I'm not at the office, uh then that would be another time I would have watched it. I watched it six times because oh, I had man. to do it. I, I had to do, I had Ooh. to do round table. I have to do round table stuff. So I needed a, cause we would rewatch it. Me and my girlfriend would rewatch it because she would, she writes all of our questions for our podcast and I'm not going to shy away from that um, because she's amazing. Uh, but, but she like we would have like deep conversations about the show so I'd have to like watch it again and make sure I didn't miss something so that's the only reason why I'd watch them six times and because I can't get enough of Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader so yeah. yeah but yeah uh, I think that's a, a good stopping off point on this uh, on, on this show because I think you know we could talk about this show for another two hours because <laughs> this is like we we got into a little bit of the deep stuff but this was still more uh a, a sub a couple levels deeper this uh subsurface level uh deep dive into the show but um i i i can't wait to see where we go from next with our next show with andor uh bad batch season two tales of the jedi yes vision season two ahsoka yeah. like this next year year and a half we're we're, we're on our, we're we're on our roller coaster i was gonna say you guys are we're feasting we are feasting we're not just eating we're we're getting four course it's all meals. you can eat buffet <laughs> yeah. but a good one not like not like a dingy golden corral but like <laughs> like 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 Texas de Brazil, where they're just bringing you meat on on on, on sticks, and there's like you want a slice of this, boom! Like yeah, that's that's go. what we're getting. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, yeah. uh, 
before we go, do you uh, does anybody have any new projects or things they want to talk about? Of course, you know you can tell us where people can find you and any other any cool things you're working on. Chris, you gonna put in your fanfic? Oh, that's all you, Luke. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Um, so by the time this releases, we'll have announced this. Um, we are working with Stream Lounge, uh, and we are going to do a Kenobi rewatch. Kind of ironic that we're talking about Kenobi. Fits right in there. So every Friday night, uh, 7.30 Central Standard Time probably, um, we're going to be bringing on guests like Chris uh, and, and others in the, in the Star Wars community. Christopher, if you want to come, come hang out, watch watch some Kenobi with us, uh, you're more than welcome yeah, to. Yeah, just let me know. Um, well, uh, that's going to be at the pod ones podcast on stream lounge. So if you don't have stream lounge, go download it now. Um, we're going to do giveaways. Um, we're going to put in a drawing. So there's six episodes, right? So you're going to have six entries to get in, to win a lightsaber from uh level up lightsaber, um, which is master Allen, which is where me and Chris get our lightsabers from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be every Friday starting on July 15th. And every Friday until then, leading up to Andor. Um, so that's kind of what we're working on. You can always find us Thursday nights doing our Clone Wars re- rewatches, re- recaps. Um, and then once Andor, Bad Batch, Friday nights will then move to roundtables. We have roundtables for every single episode. Um, Chris has been on a couple of them for some other shows. Um, but mainly you can check us out Thursday nights, Pod Ones Podcast, breaking down uh, Clone Wars, Rebels. Um, but yeah. Uh, thanks guys for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it was awesome. No man. problem. You know, of course, you're welcome back anytime. So yeah, it was great. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to plug. Oh yeah, no, I'm doing a, a Vader cosplay. I'm funding for that on on Kofi or Coffee or however you say it. So if you got a few bucks that you wanna you wanna wanna uh, spare to that cosplay fund, I would be very appreciative of of it because it is an expensive endeavor aren't you doing sound bites for it i find you're like a fifth disturbing yeah i'll do that after i have the helmet and yes. the amplifier that that'll help uh, i'll tell you an idea i had after this luke uh, <laughs> yes. going to be uh interesting to say yes. the least yes but uh thank you all for listening uh chris do you want to take us home all right, I'll take us home. Yeah, so yeah, thank everyone for listening to the podcast. We always appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, probably doing, no, we got to do Marvel. Thor's coming out, and Ms. Marvel's wrapping up, and, you know, we'll likely mm-hmm. do DC at some point as well. And, Chris, I, I didn't mention this to you, but definitely uh, this fall, anime fans, you know, we're eating. There's some good stuff. Yep. Chainsaw Man's getting an adaption. Uh, Bleach is back. Um, mm-hmm. I got to talk about uh, Spy X Family. Might be one of my new favorite shows ever. And my hero, uh, season six, as well. Yep. So, you know, there's some some stuff coming down the pipeline, uh, for sure. So also, One Piece fans, we're eating in the manga. We are eating good. <laughs> this this break is tough though. I'm like, I don't know if I can take another week without uh without One Piece. We're getting into this final arc, so I'm like, hope it lasts. Got to last another decade, hopefully. But uh, doesn't it? Doesn't isn't that like the wrong longest rain, uh, running anime, uh, or is it or is it Naruto still? Well, it's the highest. Is. 
It's One the pieces? highest selling for sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the longest running yet. Episode count? I, I don't know about the manga because it could be Detective Conan, but I think anime for sure is longer than Naruto. Because it started really? before and it's kept going. Oh, like, that's, that's every true. Every week. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dang. Um, yeah. Anime anime fans, uh, yeah, we're, we're eating for sure. So can't wait to okay. talk about some of that. But uh, Chris, we good? You got anything else? Uh, no, I hope you all have a, a wonderful day, night, or evening whenever you are uh, listening to this. And make sure you subscribe, give us a, a five stars, and or leave a comment wherever you're listening to this. All right, and um, we will catch everyone later. May the force be with you. Always. There are more of us. I'm going to use your phrase. <laughs> <laughs>